What's going on, Geeked Up community? It's your boy, Young Spice. Alongside hosting today, we have Uzi. He's on punishment, so that's why you can't see him right now. I'll say what's up to the fans. What up, y'all? <laughs> fans, today we have a special treat for you. We have a very special guest by the name Mike. Yes, indeed, Reed coming out of Washington, D.C. and putting that DMV area on the map. Reed won the 2005 National Silver Gloves Championship, the 2009 U.S. Junior National Championship, and the 2011 National Golden Gloves Championship with an amateur record of 90 and 13. This Southpaw monster has a record of 25 wins and two losses with the 13 uh, knockouts. Met this gentleman personally in high school and had the honor to speak with him a few times. Very humble guy and always show respect to people who respect him. First off, I would like to thank you for coming on the Geeked Up Sports Podcast. No problem. No problem, man. Right, yes, sir. Let's get this thing rolling. First off, uh, congrats on having a daughter. That's so awesome. Uh, tell me what it's been like for you and your family during this whole coronavirus pandemic. Um, it's been a little rough. You know, um, it's been a little rough because I haven't fought since June of last year. So I haven't okay. fought in a year. Um, we had a couple fights lined up. But once Corona hit, you know, they kind of shut everything down. So I was I haven't even been able to go to the gym. So it's Man. a little adjustment, you know, to me, but I'll take it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But I mean, um, it's a little bit different compared to like NBA, you know what I'm saying? Whereas you don't need a like a basketball court or anything like that. So I know I know you in the you in that in the house, you know what I'm saying, doing the shadow boxing, doing whatever you need yeah, to do. Man. <laughs> I mean, so like the the neat thing we are doing, we do group FaceTime workouts, you know. So we okay. got we still got our personal training, you know, we still work getting the work in, you know, but it's it's not the same. Yeah, know? exactly. Not the same at all. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Uh you been snacking on anything, uh staying in shape, what's going on? I mean, I'm trying to stay in shape, trying to keep the weight down, but right now I'm probably around 165. You know, I fight 140, looking to move down to 135. Okay. So, yeah. Man, that's, so that's we, a good weight. That's a good weight yeah, right there. Big time. Big time. <laughs> that's what's up, man. So we're going to take it back a little bit. Um, how did you actually get into the sport of boxing and know that uh, this sport was for you? All right. So I got into the sport at the age of 10. Um. I was the youngest at the time, the youngest of four brothers at the time. Man. Um, yeah. So <laughs> growing up, it was hard. It wasn't really hard, but we got into a lot of fights. The closest brother that in age to me was three years older. So at 10, he was 13. You know, the size difference. In a, in exactly. A, you know, <laughs> the power difference between the 10-year-old and the 13-year-old was crazy. But me being a younger brother, my, I'm just talking crap to my brother, you know, just, just talking to him, like, Right. I can beat you. I can beat you. Because he started boxing first. Okay. And we went to, we was leaving one of his fights. He's like, man, he lost, he lost the fight. I'm like, ah, how you lost? Being a little brother, you know, innocent. <laughs> right, innocent. right. Throwing a little shade. <laughs> my my father, like, my you always talking. Like, boxing hard. I'm like, boxing not hard. Boxing not hard. He's like, all right, I'm going to let you and Ty put the gloves on. So he let me and my 13-year-old brother at the time put the gloves on in my grandmother's backyard. And when I say my brother beat the brakes off me, <laughs> to this day, the worst I've ever been beaten in, in the ring wow. with gloves on. Like, <laughs> and my dad let him. Like, it was like, because I, I, I antagonized him. So Exactly. <laughs> I've always been competitive, man. Um, the next day, I said, Dad, let's go to the gym. I said, I, I want to start boxing. Mm. You know, and I started it, 
you know, I didn't like it. I didn't like it, not because I didn't like boxing, but I didn't like the discipline behind it. Right, right. You know, um, the kind of commitment was, you required at such a young age. Of course, of course. Right. You know, I was, like I said, I was 10 years old. It was school going straight to the gym. And I wanted to go outside, play with my friends, you know, do kid stuff. And not to say I didn't do kid stuff, right. but school and boxing came first. Exactly. Uh, very uh, different lifestyle compared to me. You know what I'm saying? I was coming home watching Yu-Gi-Oh! You know what I'm saying? Being real lazy, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I feel like that molded you into a better player, you know, just like how they got these young kids and uh, AAU and things like that doing NBA workouts at like the age of 10, you know what I'm saying? So I'm sure like having that older brother there and you know what I'm saying? That uh, person to look up to, in a sense, uh, definitely molded you and helped you out in your career. Of course it did. You know, um, I think my brother stopped boxing when he was 18. Mm-hmm. He was 18, he stopped boxing. Uh, I was 15, you know, so mm-hmm. he he grew up in the sport with me. By the time mm-hmm. I was 15, I had already, I like, I knew that boxing was for me. You know, I was in high school, I was winning tournaments, so like, yeah. At 15 years old, I was like, all right. So bes- actually, go ahead. Sorry. So besides your uh, besides your brother, is there anybody else in your family who was, you know, uh, any kind of professional sports background or real heavy into sports, maybe in college level or anything like that? Um, my old my, my older my oldest brother. My oldest brother. Um, you know, sports was always a thing in my oldest brother. He had full ride to. Um, Illinois. He had a full ride to Illinois playing football. Wow. He played football and basketball. You know, it was it was kind of like whichever one he wanted to pick. He picked football. He went to H.D. Wilson. Um, it had a full ride coming out. Um, unfortunately for you know my brother and my family, um, he was shot. Mm-hmm. He got he got shot in his back. Um, wow. Close to his spine. Yeah. So yeah, I mean he he's okay. He's okay now. Like right, he's, right. Okay, he's okay. But that kind of hampered his football dreams um mm-hmm. but yeah so i think i think that was a big thing with my dad like being how hands-on he was you know with my oldest brother and with all his children he's very hands-on mm-hmm. so him like seeing that like because my brother he wasn't really a troublemaker but he he he, he got in trouble a little bit so right right when it, when, when it came to me my father kind of put the clamps down a little more because mm-hmm. he's like, all right, well, if my oldest can have a full ride, you know, reach reach all his potential, but then, you know, the streets kind of still get him. Right, I need right. to keep I need to keep my youngest, you know, closest. So oh, yeah. that's what he did. Keep you on them close raps, man. And you know what I'm yeah, saying? As time. a father should, big man. Time. As a father should. So um when I watch your tape, I see a huge resemblance to a very memorable and exciting fighter by the name of uh, Pernell Sweet P. Whitaker, <laughs> someone that's uh, very evasive, goes to the body and can put on the show. In my opinion, body punchers don't get enough love. Seeing a paralyzing left hook to the liver or a lightning right hook to the ribs can produce a knockout that humbles anyone, and I've seen that work in your favor. Talk to the fans about the importance of being a body puncher compared to a headhunter. Um, it all starts with the body, you know. The, the, the saying in boxing is, you can recover from a head shot. You're not recovering from a good body shot. And I want to say I started going to the body when I was around 14 years old. I can remember this fight like 
like it was yesterday. It was one of my good, one of my best fights um, as an amateur. We used to always go to Georgia for the Silver Gloves. Um, the regional Silver Gloves was in Augusta, Georgia. So they knew us. Like I was 14. I started boxing when I was 10. So right. every year we would go to the regionals. And I had won the Silver Gloves, I think two years or a year before, a year prior. So it was like a target on my head. We get down there. I don't know the guy. Right. But the guy is like talking crap to me, you know, like just just talking, talking. So I'm like, all right, okay, cool, I got you. First <laughs> round, I stop him with a body shot. Ooh. Stop him with a body shot. First round, I wish I could find that tape because like <laughs> it's on it's on VHS and like it's oh, like a man. throwback, you know. But um, that's when I started going to the body. I'm like, all right, cool, you know, like I've stopped people with head shots, you know. But the body mm-hmm. shots, body shots kind of have a a sweeter, a sweeter taste to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Chopping the wood, chopping the wood. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, who are some of your inspirations, uh, you know, watching and trying to maybe mold that into your game? Um, coming up, when I first time pro, Miguel Cotto was somebody I watched a lot. Oh, man, you know, yeah. Watched a lot of, because like you said, the body shots. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Miguel Cotto did a lot you know, a lot very well for his size. You know, he wasn't right. wasn't a big guy. He was fighting one like he went up to one forty seven, one fifty four. Mm-hmm. But he always knew how to, you know, hit the, hit his opponents, you know, to the body and chop him down. So Miguel Cotto is somebody I watched a lot of. Yeah, I like Miguel Cotto, man. He's somebody that uh, you know, mentally tough. Uh he's never gone he never stopped coming forward, you know. He's not someone that fights on his back foot, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just puts his head down and, you know what I'm saying, does what he needs to do. Um, so in 2013, you were the Stiff Jab Prospect of the Year and later signed with Bob Arum's top rank. I know in the DMV around this time, um, a lot of fighters were signing with Golden Boy Production uh, Promotions. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, so kind of tell us why you chose top rank over Golden Boy. Um, my... My mindset, you know, my mindset looking looking at it, it was, okay, everybody's going with Golden Boy, everybody's going with Al Hamer. Cool. No problem. I made it so that top rank who normally deals with um, Hispanic fighters on the right. West Coast, they came over here, watched me work, you know, came on the East Coast, came to D.C., watched me work, and I took pride in that. You know, I Definitely. took pride in, in in being one of the not not one of I took pride in being the only fighter out of the DC Maryland area to sign with Top Rank. You know, because Top Rank they they don't do a lot of signing fighters and cutting fighters. You know, they they like to build right. fighters. Um, so I took pride in that. And looking back on the decision, I definitely would have done it again. You know, I I. I enjoyed top rank. I enjoyed the way they treated me. Uh, nothing bad to say about them. Perfect, perfect. I'm sure they were, you know what I'm saying, they were glad to have you, man. You have a special talent, so I know they were definitely happy, happy to have you on the team. Yeah. Uh, so tell me about Dream Team Boxing in Clinton, Maryland. And uh, you speak very highly of your father, Mr. Michael Buck Pinson. So uh, just mm-hmm. tell me the pros of uh, having your father alongside with you. Man, the pros is everything, you know. Um, pros is he stays on my back. Pros is, you know, we're always together, so we always can learn, um, you know, 
well, we always could have learned. We always could have learned, you know, we we learned together. We I, he was he was my trainer since I've been 10 years old. So um seeing like seeing we we instilled a trust in, in each other. I right. That's 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 the biggest thing I can say about having my dad as my trainer, you know. Um mm-hmm. we instilled a trust in each other the way as though I understood what he was saying, he understood what I was saying. Um and if he was saying something that I didn't see, mm-hmm. I would trust him in doing that because we did it since we were 10. You know, we've won at every level, literally every every level I've won at. Um so that that's that was one of the biggest things of having my father as my trainer. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Real quick, there, was there ever, what's that? Sorry, what's real that? quick follow-up on that, just real quick. Uh, with your father being your trainer, did he have a previous, any kind of fight background himself, or was it really kind of you guys grew together as your career kind of went forward? Okay, so the thing about my father being my trainer, um, he used to box. He used to box, but not like we did. Um, okay. He used to just go in the gym um, because he used to fight a lot. He used to street fight a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my dad growing up in the area that we grew up in, he fought a lot. Mm-hmm. And he was good at it. So people was like, just go to the gym. He didn't have discipline to mm-hmm. stay in boxing. And so he once once my older brother said he wanted to do it, he knew, you know, it's a bloodline thing, you know. Right. right. Like so so that 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 helped a lot that so he saw like the potential just because he you know knew what his experience was and what it could be for you two for you guys of course right yeah was there uh ever any moments uh you just got pushed to the absolute limit like i'm done with boxing i don't want to do this anymore while in training or anything like that uh because i know like sometimes having that you know, your parent, you know, and the child sometimes working together, you know, sometimes yeah. it could be that clash. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say necessarily, um, during training, like, like mm-hmm. I always grew up hard work, you know, um, right. I think <laughs> when I was in middle school and I was training for the silver gloves, I used to get up in the mornings and have to go run. And I like people that got up earlier, like, People that was in high school that went to school with my brother, they would see me outside running. And like <laughs> I didn't understand back then that, you know, I was like, it was the hard work, you know, it was the right. it was the way that I worked that made me better than everybody else compiled with my God given ability, you know. Um, so I don't think that it was any moment that I looked at boxing and was like, man, it's it's too hard for me, other than probably the first month that I was boxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. So as for someone who isn't very fond of working out, is uh blessed with uh <laughs> metabolism. <laughs> my heart goes out to fighters because the training seems extensive both mentally and physically. What's the day in the life like at uh Dream Team Boxing? All right, so quick correction. I'm no longer at Dream Team. Me and my dad split up probably two years ago. Um we split it up. It was it was a long time coming, but but we're still close. You know, we're still close. I'm I'm at no excuse boxing gym now. No excuse. And we're off a walk excuse, meal. Excuse. Yeah, but it's okay. But but um yeah. So they it depends on the day. You know, we we go we go running Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. We go running. 
Um, we all go running. We wake up at six o'clock in the morning, and we run the uh, Woodrow Wilson Bridge. Mm-hmm. So we 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 do that. Um, then we in the gym at four. We had we in the gym at four o'clock. Um, so that's Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Tuesday, Thursday, we gotta go to the gym twice a day. We have strength and conditioning. Um, we go, we go, we go to strength and conditioning on Saturday as well. So my only rest day is Sunday, and Man. it's not really a rest day. All I gotta do is run, you know. So. Shoot, I'm tired already listening to that, man. That's, yeah, man. Uh... <laughs> so uh, talk to us a little bit. Of... Sorry. No, you go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, uh, so talk to us a little bit about, like, the eating and things like that. So, um, you know what I'm saying, while you were training, like, what were some of the meals that you were eating, you know? All right, so eating is a thing for me. I like to eat. I like to cook, you know. Um, so when I, when I am training, I cook for myself, but I try to cook in smaller portions or make the meals, you know, healthier. And right. Growing up, my dad used to always grill his chicken. Uh, we used to eat grilled chicken a lot because you know it's it's healthier than than fried chicken, of course. Um, right. <laughs> you know, so and and then you know baked chicken is cool, but baked chicken we used to do a lot of seasoning on the baked chicken. So mm-hmm. I I kind of kind of grill my chicken a lot. Um, I think my favorite go to meal in camp is. Grilled chicken, brown rice, and broccoli. I think that meal okay. is like, and it's, it's a clean meal. You know, um, that's one. Like I said, that's one of my favorite meals. Um, I eat oatmeal a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, eat oatmeal a lot because it sticks to me and it gives me the fuel to go out through the through through the day. You know, without getting hungry. Um, I snack on cashews and stuff like that. Trail mix stuff like that. Yeah. Um so it's it's pretty simple, mm-hmm. but it gets a little complex when it's time to cut the weight, you know. Like like when it's time to cut the weight, we have a whole regimen of how much water we need to drink. We we kind of pull all the salt out of our body and we flood our body with water so when we sweat, we just mm-hmm. shit no water and it's easier to get the pounds off. Ooh, man, like <laughs> That's that's crazy, man. I remember uh like just in high school, just like seeing the wrestlers like spitting water bottles all day and stuff like that. I'm like, man, this is I've I've done that. I've done that probably twice. And like that's just last that's for like the last ounce or like the last pounds. Right. And you know, believe it or not, it works. It's probably it's not probably, it's kind of gross. You know, uh-huh. like seeing a guy curry around his spit. It's <laughs> but but I mean, listen. It's dedication. You know, you got to understand it. Exactly. Is, is there any fight that you can remember where you had, like, a real difficult weight cut where it was kind of getting to the, the last kind of couple pounds or something were real hard? Yeah. Um, The only time I missed weight, it was uh, – what was it my ninth fight? It was my ninth or tenth fight. Um – we drove down. I, I worked. I worked out. I worked out Friday night. Worked out Friday night trying to get the weight off. We drove down. We drove down Saturday. Um, we drove down Saturday morning. I woke up at five o'clock Saturday morning. Had to work out. Try to get the weight off. Weight wasn't moving. 
We drove down. We got we we got to Newark, New Jersey. Um, we got to Newark. Probably I can't remember what time we got there, but I worked out when I got there, and I had only lost like two pounds from. I had only lost like two pounds from. Uh, oh my gosh. I don't lost like two pounds from uh from you know Friday night and that was like the hardest time that I've ever had losing weight. I got cotton mouth, you know. It, oh, it was man. bad. It was bad, <laughs> man. <laughs> Does not seem fun at all. Um, so let's uh get into one of my favorite fights of yours. Uh very special. Uh ended with a TKO against Rondo uh Hubert. Mm-hmm. In the fight, he rushes you while you're in the corner. And in a moment's time, you deliver a show-stopping right hook that leaves them dazed. Mm-hmm. Are punches like this uh, instinct, or was this something you kind of seen open the whole fight, just waiting for your chance? Um, all right, so, like, me being a southpaw, my check hook, you know, my check hook is one of the best punches I had. Always been, you know, so I was setting up the whole fight, and I know guys tend to rush in, you know, guys right. in the Russian and when they rush in, even if they're jabbing, you know, some a lot of people don't textbook jab, you know, they might jab with their hand low. Um and I I just I just pulled it. You know, my, my father my my father, I was this is when I was with my father, you can hear my father, he's like, pull it, pull it and I pulled it and spent out the corner with like a check hook. Um it was a good shot. Very, Man, very good that shot. shot was mean, boy. I was mm-hmm. like, whoa. <laughs> like, just to get checked like that, because you could tell, like, when a fighter does that, he already has something in mind that he wants to do to mm-hmm. you. But just getting stopped like that, man, it's just that, that was humbling, bro. That was that was yeah. insane. <laughs> that was that was that was that was a good fight. You know, that, that was a good fight because he came to fight, um, and he made me work, you know. He he, he made he made me work. I Ended up getting a spectacular knockout. You know, one it, that knockout was nominated for knockout of the year, um, for top rank uh, that year. That was a that was a good knockout. Oh yeah, man, I love it. So mm-hmm. after the Huber fight, um, seems like you caught your big break with the undercard for a fighter who is considered the best pound for pound fighter right now. The boogeyman we all know is Terence Crawford, but unfortunately, uh, your opponent Lopez was not approved. Um, for a license by the New York State uh, Athletic Commission after having problem with uh, his pre-fight blood test. Um, mm-hmm. Can you talk to us about uh, the preparation for the Terrence Crawford undercard and, you know, the kind of emotions that you felt, you know, once that fight was canceled? Um, going into that fight, that, I think I was 19, 18, no, something like that. Um, it, was a, it was a big moment. It was a big moment for me, big moment for my fans and family. Uh, everybody that supports me, it was a very big moment, and it was in New York. Um, we had a bus come down, and so when they when I, when we got the call, because we come down a, a couple days early, mm-hmm. and uh, Brad Goodman, who's the matchmaker for Top Rank, he's like, "Yeah, Mike, um, we might have some bad news. We're trying to work around it. We might have some bad news," and I'm like. Bad news. Okay. Like, yeah, like, like, <laughs> what do you mean we might have some bad news? Like, I, I'm not understanding. He's like, yeah, so the guy medical, and he proceeded to tell me that. And it was just specifically with New York because 
the guy was scheduled to fight because we didn't fight. He had scheduled uh, somebody else had booked him as an opponent in D.C. and they were going to let him fight um, until top rank was like, well, it's not fair that he didn't fight a couple of days ago and y'all right. let him fight now. So um, going back to the opportunity to fight on the Terrence Crawford undercard, I think that would have been my second time fighting on the Terrence Crawford undercard. Um, and, you know, we had started to build, like, you know, a little relationship. Um, it was hurting. You know, it was hurting. But Tyrone did a damn good job at getting me right back in the ring. I think I fought, like, three weeks later, something like that. Yeah. I mean, and you still got the bag for that, too, right? I did. I did. <laughs> I, did, did, did I did still get the bag. So I got paid double. You know, it was it was. It was it was it was it was it was a, a blessing in disguise, should I say? You know, I, but I did my job. You know, I did my job. I came in on weight. You know, exactly. so I weighed in. Um, so damn right, I should get paid. You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after the whole ordeal, you know, you bounced back with that uh, unanimous decision against Samuel Moko. Mm-hmm. Um, Kind of talk to us a little bit about how setbacks are set up for major comebacks. And um, a point in your career where you, you know, what I'm saying you truly had to dig within. All right, um, I'll say, I'll say, I'm going through that now, or I was going through that, uh, like last year. Um, so, you know, I, I was signed with top rank, everything on the up and up. I took my first loss to Jose Ramirez. Um, immediately right after fighting Jose, I fight Arnold Barbosa, who's undefeated as well, you know, so I go one undefeated fighter, I lose. Um, that was very disappointing because I feel like I can beat Jose. Like if if you ask me right now, right. I'm a t- and it, and it's not because I'm cocky or I'm being arrogant or I'm being like overconfident or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I legit feel my skill set it's something that Jose will always have a problem with. I'm a slick sophomore. I feel like he'll always have a problem with it. Um, the guy, uh, Jose's the pain at 84. Uh, he, I think Jose beat, was a, a majority decision or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a very close fight. He was a sophomore. He's a little slick. Um, I, so going back to it, I think that my style suits, like, it's good. It was a bad matchup for Jose. Good for me, bad for him. Right. Um, going to Arnold Barbosa, I feel like I'll always have a problem with him. He's mm-hmm. like five eleven. He's big as hell. Like yeah, like, yeah. He like he's five eleven. He used to be like a linebacker in like high school or something like that, and didn't like shrunk down. So like when you see us, you're like, damn, like y'all fight the same weight class, right? So exactly. and then he's fast. He has long arms. I'll always have a problem with him. But um, so I I took two two L's back to back. If it wasn't more. It wasn't the two L's back to back. It was more so. What was I going to do next? Because my contract with Top Rank had ran out. Right. And then me and my dad was at odds. So it's like, all right, well, what are you? What are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do next? Like, now you're just sitting. You're just sitting. You know, you don't have a trainer. You you don't have a promoter. You're just sitting. Right. You're you're, you're 23 and two at at the time. You're just sitting. Like, what are you going to do? Um, I took took probably eight months off mm-hmm. and that was just to clear my mind I didn't want to make a wrong decision because I knew me and my dad was kind of through as far as um our boxing 
our boxing relationship was through for that mm-hmm. moment. I'm like, okay, so now what do you want to do? And that's when I went over to No Excuse Boxing Gym, who's uh, who's owned by Lamont Roach Senior. Um, oh man, his son, his son Lamont Roach Junior. Um, he just fought for a world title. Um, I went over there and they've always treated me like family, you know, always treated me like family. So it was kind of an easy decision. And that's like, so that's those setbacks, those two losses mm-hmm. set me up to now be back in the position of where I'm, I'm one fight away from a world title shot again. You know, um, I can either stay at 140, I can move to 135. So it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of routes that I can go. Um, right. you know, because of those two losses. So how did it feel to come back and get the knockout against uh against Cruz? It, kinda... it, it, it felt damn good, man. It felt, <laughs> it felt damn good. And I'll and I'll say this, it felt um you know, me being me being at the level of boxing that I've been at or that I am, or I've always been boxing, always been busy, I started to take it for granted. When I took that eight month break. I'm like, damn, I miss boxing, you know, like, <laughs> like, like when I, by the time I had fought, I hadn't fought in almost a year. It was a little over a year. I hadn't fought in almost a little over a year. So mm-hmm. getting my hands wrapped on fight night, you know, weighing in, you know, um, just the little things in it. I kind of like took it all in, you know, and that, that felt good. You know, it felt good to be, a part of uh just a part of something you know a part of a a part of a team effort in a one man sport you know definitely that's awesome man so let's kind of uh segue and you know talk about today's boxing you know of course we have big names like Teofimo Lopez, Shakur Stevenson, mm-hmm. Oscar Valdez, Lomachenko um like how do you see these guys and, you know, saying, like, where do you see boxing at right now? I think boxing's in a very, very good space. And it's in a very good space because you have um, – you still got the superstars, the Triple Gs, the Canelos, you know. Right. You still got the superstars. But then you have um, the world champions. Because I can't even call – I can't even call them prospects anymore. They're world champions, you know. Yeah. Everybody that you name is a world champion. You know, you got Tiafimo Lopez who shocking me. I like I thought he was hype. I thought he was hype. <laughs> I'm like I'm like, you know, he coming out knocking these banners out, you know, he's he's doing the dances. I'm like, man, yeah, he's the gainers in the ring and stuff. Like it looked good. You know, it looked good, you know. I'm like he all hype, but what he did his last fight to uh Richard Coleman, um I was like, all right, Louis Young got a real deal. You know, oh, yeah. like like Louis Young got a real deal. Shakur, I have a personal relationship with Shakur. Um I think Shakur was probably like 16. So if Shakur if Shakur's what, 22 now? I'm 20. If he's 16, I was I was probably like 20. Right. Something like that. And he like, Mike Reed Les Ba. Like, what? What? <laughs> he, he like and this it wasn't like disrespectful him calling me out or nothing. It was yeah. like he was legit a young kid who wanted to get better. And every time we spar, I had to hit him a little harder, 
a little harder, a little harder, because he 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 has good size. You know, he has good size, but he shocked. So I'm like, all right, well, you're not about to pick me off. Like, we're not about to do that. Like, <laughs> like that's not what we're about to do. So, like, now, now when we spot, I'm like, I'm hitting him now, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was kind of cool to see him grow to be a world champion, you know. And I think he going to give a lot of people problems. Oh, yeah, man. He going to give a lot of people problems. Oh, yeah. Don't let the, uh, you know what I'm saying, little baby face and big smile smile baby face. Yeah, don't let that fool you, man. And then he's mean, you know, like, 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 in the ring, he mean, you know, like, like, he'll, he'll do little, little tricks of the trade, like, Andre, I'm sure Andre will teach him, I'm sure Terrence Crawford teach him, teach him as well, you know, like, like, hit you, hit you on your hip or give you an elbow. Right. He got a little main streak with him, man. Like I said, he gonna be, he gonna, he gonna be around for a while. (laughs) <laughs> so um so who do you want to see fight um i think of people like keith thurman versus broner terrence versus Won't, pac-man will never happen <laughs> <laughs> will, will never happen i'm sorry i mean to cut you off not no you good you good tell me tell me <laughs> i don't like keith thurman i don't man, like a lot him. of people don't like him man i don't like him i think and i like the way he fight i think he's a I think he's a female dog. Listen, and this is why I say that, man. You like, if anybody remember Keith Thurman coming up, I'm one time, you know, Keith one time Thurman, mm-hmm. he talking, talking like Floyd Mayweather, I want to fight you. Yeah. Keith Thurman is legit scared to fight Earl. Yeah, he's legit man. scared to fight Earl Smith, you know, and it'll be a damn good fight. I think I think Keith Thurman's skill set goes well with a fight with Earl. I just think he's scared, you know. Um, and that makes me mad. Like as a as a right. fighter, it makes me mad to see fighters clearly ducking. You know, like like they're oh, clearly yeah. ducking them. Nah. But Hello. going going <laughs> back to the fights that I my bad, my bad. Going back to the fights that I want to <laughs> see, I'm not a Danny Garcia fan. I think he's basic, but he always proved me wrong. Like, he's like, you bet against me, I'm proving you wrong. Every time. Every time. I want to see him and Earl fight. I want to see him and Earl fight. Of course, I want to see, you know, uh, um, Earl and Terrence fight. You know, of course. Like, I want to see Terrence and Pacquiao fight. Like, I think those are, those are, like, no-brainers. But... Right. And also, um... I think I, I follow uh, Austin Trout on Instagram, and I think he had mentioned something about him fighting uh, Amir Khan. I think that'd be a good fight too. Man. You know, I, like go ahead. Oh no, I was, I was just uh, I was just like, man, like that. That's 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 crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, yeah. man, it, it's a it's a lot of fights in boxing. You know? People aren't afraid to lose that zero. When you look right. around. Like, man, well, how many undefeated world champions do you have? You know, and it's like it's not a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes good with the sport because you look at MMA, you know, you look at the UFC, like, well, I'm a world champion. I got four losses. I'm a world champion. I got five losses. Right. But it makes for it makes for a better product if everybody's not trying to sift their way through being undefeated. You know, just put in the fights that the fans want to see. And boxing will be in a good spot. 
Sean Porter, you know what I'm saying? That was that was a really big fight. And, um, you know, we're just kind of waiting for that next fight to come along like that. Um, mm-hmm. With the show coming to a close, I would like to play a game of quick five uh, Russian roulette questionnaire. Um, okay. Very basic, you know, one or the other. Um, so question number one, best pound for pound fighter right now? Lomachenko. Lomachenko. I like that. I like that. Ryan Garcia or Tank Davis? Tank. Tyson or Holyfield three? Holyfield. <laughs> Fury <laughs> versus Joshua? Fury. And Teofimo versus Loma? Loma. <laughs> I like all those choices, man. <laughs> so, um, what's up? No, I was just about to say, man, Lomachenko is the truth. Like, I've seen him up close and personal a couple times. Slim the truth. Yeah, man, I think the first fight I seen from him was um the No Moss fight, which was... Uh, which, uh, uh, Nicholas Walter? I I believe that was his name. Yeah, I believe that was his name. And that was just insane. I mean, just to watch his footwork and how he moves around dudes and just punches you from different angles, man. That's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough, tough matchup for Tiofimo, man. I'm definitely excited to see that one. You know what I I think Tio the biggest thing Tio has going for him is the fact that Lomachenko is not really a lightweight. Mm-hmm. I think Lomachenko can still get down to 130, 126 if he wanted to. He's moving like the lightweight because he can, you know. And I think Tio, Tio should be moving to 140 real soon. And I think if when if and when they do fight, I think that's going to be the biggest thing that Tio has going for him, which is he's a naturally bigger guy. Oh so. yeah. <laughs> so about to end it. Um, what can the fans expect next from Mike? Yes, indeed, Reed. Um, they can expect me to fight a fight um, to get me back ranked in the top five. Um, so we're looking at something like a title eliminator or something like a, a um, if not a title eliminator, um, a regional belt, you know, with maybe the WBC or the WBO, like something like a smaller belt, you know, like I said, to get me back ranked in the top five, top ten. And I'm going for another title shot, you know. Sure. I got, like you, you heard me. I, I, I still think to this day that I will beat Jose Ramirez. Yes. I think I, I think I can go down to 135 and just be able to impose my will on any champion at 135, including Lomachenko, because I, like I said, I don't think he's a natural 135 uh, lightweight. So I'm looking. I'm. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to seeing what I have in store uh, for boxing. Hey man, I I want to see it. I'm I'm excited to see what you got coming out, man. Um, again, I just want to thank you for your time, uh, for coming on to the Geek Dev Sports podcast. Um, let the fans uh know a little bit about your uh like social media, like your your tags and everything like that. Okay, so you can follow me on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Yes, indeed. Underscore read um on both of them. Mike Justin D. Reed on Facebook. Um, I don't have a TikTok. <laughs> She's not old enough. <laughs> She's not old enough for me to have a TikTok yet, man. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, yes, indeed. Underscore Reed. Perfect. And uh, I think that's it. So wrap Appreciate it, up. it, bro. Perfect. Thank you, Mike. Peace. All right, man.